and take a trip down on my block when you see hidden potential young minds sharper than pencil and ain't afraid to speak they mind if they got something against you we standing with you we tackle issues like civic pride hate will cease to exist let's put our differences aside from my side to your side from dutch town to south side from penrose to north side from benton park to old north to west end the west side we bless when we step out we stand down rise up stand together wise up this is Stitch Cast Studio, produced by St. Louis Story Stitchers in St. Louis, Missouri. Season 3, Episode 58, titled COVID Checkup. As the Delta variant strand runs rampant in the St. Louis region, youth leaders discuss the effects COVID has on their lives and the gun violence in the city. Recorded live at the Grandale Theater, August 2021. They say who that, but you already knew that. That beat them Story Stitchers. Story Stitchers, Story Stitchers, Story Stitchers, Story Stitchers. Hello, everybody. Thank you again for tuning in to another episode of StitchCast Studio. I am your host, Brandon Lewis, and I am accompanied by our StitchCast. So we got a few topics that we're going to go through today. We're going to talk a little bit about COVID. We're going to talk about gun violence. We're going to talk about how gun violence was affected by COVID and vice versa. We have a bunch to get into today. So with that being said, let's let's just jump right into it. Uh, first of all, StitchCast. How y'all doing? Doing swell. Dope, dope, I'm doing dope. pretty well. Okay, so let, let's let's hop right into it. What's what's something that COVID changed that that you miss? What what's what, what's some, what's something that, that that we're that we're not able to get back into yet? I'm 18 and I'm from South City, and then I moved to North County. Um, for me, it's mainly performing, and then after shows, interacting with people. I have a lot of I had a lot of performances over the past few months, and they just sent us straight home. And I didn't like the crowd size is very small and I'm used to feedback from a larger crowd crowds. So that'd be my main main problem. Definitely. Yeah, um, I'm 20 and from a West End. Um, and I would say for me, like the one thing COVID changed is um, opportunities to network. Like that was limited. And so I get like I felt more isolated in terms of my interest because like I didn't have as many people to get contact with because of not being able to um, events not being held except virtually so that ended up being like a big contributing factor especially at school got you definitely I'm 19 I'm from Florissant one of the things that um, I don't like that COVID changes um, kind of just how we interact with each other now um, it was nice you know to be able to be in person you know get to like see people's faces and you know like really you know connect you know on that physical level of being in like someone's presence but now like we're moved to zoom you know i mean it's great that we have like technology to keep in like contact with people but i feel like you know just that isolation people are you know it's kind of like missing out on that type of stuff i'm 22 and i'm from south city and i think the biggest thing that really affected me was the store hours they kind of end they kind of shut down too fast for me and I like going, like doing late runs. I feel that. I feel that definitely. Now, just about everybody on this stage, or no, not just about everybody on this stage or participating in this podcast is an artist. So since uh, the initial lockdown and whatnot, do you find yourself practicing your art more? And do you think that it's, uh, do you think that it's to express whatever it is that you're feeling or or are you just doing it to fill the time? Well, uh, what's what's going on there? How, how, how is this affecting your art? Me, I feel like I kind of honed in on it. Like 
I started focusing more on it. But then again, I'm getting older, so it's kind of like, yeah, at a time, to kill the time. Got sometimes. you. Sometimes, yeah. Got you. Well, for me, um, I definitely got more time to spend on my art. I developed a routine. I got more disciplined um, in my craft and be able to focus more on it and grow more because I had more time. So that was just a positive for me, you know, being able to really, you know, hone in on that interest and, you know, grow in it. Definitely. Dope. Me too. Um, personally, I really wasn't as creative during COVID, um, during the lockdown last year, because I had to help out with my sister and my cousin schooling. And so what I do now, so whether it's posting poetry on Instagram or performing, it's just a result of me not having that time. So I put a, I apply a lot more pressure on my, my work now than I did during COVID. Because once I finished school, I was either asleep or I watched anime because I didn't feel like picking up another pencil or looking at another notebook. So right now it's just, I'm, I'm 100% in it um, as much as I can. Yeah, similar. Like, I was actually less motivated because of COVID. And I think just because of not having as many interactions, like public interactions that would influence my work. I mean, I still made a lot, obviously, but it was like, it felt kind of weird or off when I would make, like, something's missing, something is not there that was there before COVID. And so I think that it was a little bit challenging. I mean, it went away, like, as I continued with school, like, all that kind of faded, but certainly before the school season, like, I was definitely not as productive as I usually am. So, so, so with you two, you're pretty much saying that uh, when you have other things to focus on, when the time does come, it's easier to focus on your art than when you basically have just all day to focus on your art. Yeah, like that's how my brain is wired. Got you. It's just, if I'm folk, it's like my art to me is not on a level as high as my family. And during that time, especially when my parents had COVID and pneumonia, I was there to help with my sister and my cousin. I didn't understand half the stuff that they were doing, but um, I did it to help them. And so I never had time to sit down for myself because as soon as they finished school, they were hungry, so I had to go cook. Mm-hmm. And as soon as they were done being hungry, they wanted to go, you know, walk outside and um, maybe you know, get some exercise. We have a field behind our house, so we probably run around that for an hour. And after that, I probably had to clean up the house because we ate a lot of food. And it was really never a lot of time for me because I was being a mother in that sense. And when I did have a long time, like I said, I didn't want to look at another notebook, pencil. I was barely on my phone throughout COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just sat in my room, just shut myself in my room. Whether I prayed, read my Bible, or I just went to sleep or watched anime. Uh, th- this pr- this uh, time period that you're talking about specifically, mm-hmm. was this uh, around the time the lockdown first started or was this more recent? Uh, w- when during the last year and a half did this happen? Um, So it was during the lockdown. And then once... Everything opened back up because for my household, we were, um, when everything opened back up, we are still quarantined. So we was quarantined for like a half a month. But once I started going back to work, started networking at um, 
at my new job that I had, I started getting motivation because people were like, wow, you're so young, you got so many ambitions. And I forgot, I lost that in myself. And they asked me a lot of questions like, what do you want to do? Or what, what are your plans? And once I started speaking them into the atmosphere, I'm like, yo, I really never made time, you know, to do what I want to do. So when I uh, quit that job and school started back again, I made sure I had time. And then a lot of my inspiration, especially if you go on my Instagram, a lot of my inspiration comes from conversations that I had and uh, deaths that I went through. Like, in the last year to this beginning of this year, it was a death every week in my family. And then wow. my best friend died. So that was like super hard. And um, that poem that I did uh, called Peace Slash Envy, that I did at Fox Theater, that was like my biggest piece. Cause I'm like, that explains what's going on. And I'm kind of grateful that I wasn't able to do anything while we're locked down. Cause after it, I just had like, it was constant like, yo, I need right. to do this. I need to do this. I have time to do this. Maybe I'm not gonna go to the gym today. I'm all right. You know, still exercise. I'm just gonna write, write 10 poems by the end of this week. And that motivated me to write a book and just inspiration just kept going. Got you. Now, um, and you don't have to get, uh in depth about this at all, it's, 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 it's your discretion. Mm -hmm. But uh, during this time frame where family members were passing every week, mm -hmm. was this all COVID or were there any other? Um, It was, some of it was COVID. Um, some of it was natural causes. Like when my great-grandfather, he was just old. And my best friend, he, he was in a bad car accident. Mm -hmm. Like it was terrible. And so, um, that's what I just drew from, like talking to family members, because I get all my poetry through conversations. So talking to my family members, how they're feeling, what they're going through, I'm able to put it on paper and put it in a way that they can't describe, but it makes sense to everybody else. Got you. Uh, my condolences, by the way. We talked about how COVID affects your your art. Uh, how, how, did, how did your environment before COVID uh, affect your art? Were, were you did, did it inspire you at all, or or, or did it did, did you find it taken away from your creativity? No, not that much. I ain't, it really didn't change minds at all. Like ever since I was like, I mean, I've been drawing my whole life, so like I always been motivated with my art. Like, what what inspires you to draw? Where, what where do you inspire me? Yeah, when when you get a thought to draw something, what 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 do you find yourself typically drawing? Or, or 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 expressing uh internal internal things like just my life gotcha. so yeah. so 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 what do those come for and uh, j just like with her you don't have to get super detailed about it if you don't oh, want yeah, to like like what what are the what, like like these internal things what are what what are causing them you know what i'm saying like in order for them to be in you they got to be put in you like right. what, what where do they come from they come from real life situations like death it can be like little basic achievements you know um, just life. You just every day, every day, like just eating, taking a shower, whatever. <laughs> like it's every day. I feel you. Like routines. Like I, that's where I get inspired from. Um, before COVID. Yeah. Well, honestly, before COVID, I wasn't really consistent with art. I would just be, you know, randomly creative when I'd find like inspiration. Maybe, you know, just by seeing someone going on social media and seeing some like posts that I like or something creative and I may, you know, want to create something or, you know, going on YouTube or stuff like that. 
Um, but other than that, I wasn't like super, you know, like consistent. Like it was just kind of like an off and on thing, you know, just like random, you know, bursts of inspiration. And then I would just, you know, create. Josh, uh, I noticed that you're drawing just about anytime I see you, anytime you got a second to sit down, you're drawing. So do, do you feel like you're just like eternally inspired or, or what, 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 do you, what do you draw from? Um, I just do it. It became a habit. Um, I grew up, well, I was very like isolated as a teenager growing up. And so that was where like I started to just pick it up and consistently do it. And I think also like I can't be a consumer. Like I have to, with ideas that I experience, like things that I'm learning at school or things that I'm, interactions with people, like I can't just be an observer. Like I have to do something. And so that ended up being like, a way that it got filtered and materialized. So, yeah, to a point where, like, I don't even think about it. Like, when people acknowledge it, I'm like, oh, I am? <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> so when, when you're drawing, do you have an, uh, and, and this goes for everybody, when you're practicing your art, do you have an, do you have an idea of what the finished product will look like, or do you just kind of start and say, let's see where this goes? Yeah, sometimes I used to do that, but I felt like that was more like me trying to perfect things and, me trying to perfect things, I don't really like that. I don't like perfection at all. Like sometimes, like recent projects I did, recent projects I did was more just off the whim, just going at it, you know, just taking my shot. Yeah, yeah. I I feel like those are the best to me. Got you, got you. Because I was unpredictable. I didn't know what was coming. So I feel that. yeah, I feel that. Well, I'm the opposite. I'm definitely a perfectionist. I try to, you know, think of the vision I want and then I kind of like structure it and, you know, learn through the process. If I don't know how to do something, I'll like use references and stuff like that, to, you know, to just make it as, you know, perfected to my vision as possible. I mean, I would like to be more, you know, free and just, you know, see where like the art takes me. But where I'm at the stage that I am now where I'm learning, I'm, you know, kind of like compare yourself to like artists sometimes like, oh, wow, this person's doing amazing art, like I want to do that too. So I kind of like structure my art and, you know, try to like intentionally do like certain things. So yeah, that's kind of how I've been doing it so far, but maybe I'll get more, you know, unpredictable yeah. like you. And, well, I can, I can expound on that. It's like me, like when I used to try to be perfect, like use what, you know what I'm saying? That perfect vision I had in my mind, it was more like me wasting time Cause sometimes I'd be like, I'd be almost there, like perfecting it, but I get tired of being perfect. So I just like do whatever. It'll be like, like one of my little pieces I got that I painted is like, it's a, okay. I could say like, it was, I was trying to be perfect. Then automatically I just like, like, nah, I ain't want to do that. So I just paint over it. Then it'll be like, oh, no, nah, I don't like that. And I'll paint over. Then I'll find myself having like a piece to where it's like a bunch of paint. Then I'll figure it out what I really wanted to do. Then that's where I'll go with it. Yeah. So it was just me taking a chance. I feel you. Yeah. I feel you. Do, do y'all, um, for, for everybody, do y'all feel that the way y'all create art is the way y'all kind of approach life? Like, yeah. do, you, do you have kind of a go with yeah, the Yeah, because it'll be like... I think I, like, okay, people have expectations. And I'd be like, 
Like I have expectations of a, my favorite artist, and I'd be thinking he was gonna come this way. Like somebody just recently dropped a project that I listened to, and I thought he was gonna come a certain way. And certain songs, I was like, uh. But then again, once you start spending time with it, you be like, all right, I understand where he was coming from. I let him be him, you know. I let him be. I let her be herself, you know. Both ways. Yeah, I just let people be them. Like I don't really too much try to say anything. Like people got their own like life. Like you know, you gotta let them be them. Like they they going through something, so I can't really say too much, you know, because they probably get offended, you know. So it's kind of like I just let them be them. They'll figure it out. I can come to them and just only understand. Yeah. Most of. I think yes, how I um, approach my art um, does reflect kind of how I approach life because I do like to, you know, plan things out so I know like kind of like where I'm going and like have a certain direction. So I kind of do apply that to my art. I kind of want to plan it out and know like what direction I'm taking with my art because I feel like I can just kind of get lost in certain things because I really like to be detailed in my pieces. So, and I really like to, um, for it to look the way I want it to. So I do like, you know, plan that sort of things out. And I kind of do pay attention to, you know, details in life as well, like how certain things will affect me in the future, like what I'm doing now, like, and how, like, where that will take me. So I kind of do, um, that does like reflect my art and life in the same kind of picture. Got you, got you, dope. Uh, what about y'all, do y'all cr- approach art the same way you approach life? Um. I would like to think so because um, only difference between my life and my poetry is uh, the outcome of it is very vulnerable. And me as an individual, I don't consider myself vulnerable unless it's through art. So that's like the biggest like opposite. But when it comes to me starting it, yeah, I think so. Cause I'm very free. I'm very open-minded, very free-spirited, um, I always, of course, I have a plan, but I don't follow it as much because how I am, I'm like, it's God's plan. So whatever he has, whatever he needs is, it's going to be done in my beliefs, of course. And so, yeah, just very free-spirited. Whatever happens, happens. I only manifest good things over my poetry pieces in my life. So. No, no. Yeah, I think the... I mean, there, it's a weird tension because there is a difference between me as the art maker and me like as the regular everyday person. Um, and I think it's more so like it just the art I create is what like is really there. Whereas like obviously my perception as a person or how I go through life may be different, uh, obviously depending on the context. Um, but I think it's also just therapeutic, honestly. Like, I can yeah. be mad, I can be angry, I can be sad, I can be happy. Like, really, it doesn't matter. I just, if I have an idea, I can apply it. And I think having that freedom, like, allows you, you sort of, you take what you learn as an artist and just apply it to your life. Definitely. I also think, too, is just process. Because, I mean, I make so many sketches to a point where, like, I, like, I end up, kind of fixing my paintings just based on, or I fix like bigger ideas based on smaller ideas and just work my way up. And now like at this point, it's become such a habit that like I don't really chase after perfection. Like it just kind of happens. I just, 
I don't really think about it. And I write things down too, or write ideas and concepts as well. So that's, I don't do poetry, but I just write like basic words. I'm like, okay, I wanna do that. I wanna talk about that. So gotcha. I guess process is a really big part and obviously definitely. applied in life. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Hey everybody, you know what time it is. It's time right now for our Pick the City Up art interlude featuring an original piece by KP Dennis and Brandon Michael Lewis called Sneaker Tack. Copyright held by St. Louis Story Stitchers. <laughs> From the rapture that the Chuck Taylors uh-huh. was ushering in a social disaster. Uh-huh. We died faster in them Cortez. Go but once some J's popped off, inevitably there was more dead. Can never see me in no poor kids or no pro wings for the first of 15. Uh-huh. We came so clean. Hustle right. for bread and some crispy air forces, That's black and joint air maxes in the field where we sport. Can I kick it? It's the sneak attack. Can I kick it? It's the sneak attack. Can I kick it? It's the sneak attack. Got soul in your soul. Until we get the bread to get a better place We gotta pray for better days You just a step away from somebody taking your breath away There was her running like every morning Open the closet, reach for the Jordans Oh yeah, we can't afford them So I strap up the sketches and let her finish her lecture It's the first day of school, can't believe I gotta wear this I'm out the door, at the bus stop I see a couple dudes I knew was out before It don't look like they out no more They in the game, they trying to get paid They might drop out of 10th grade By the time the bus came, they paid 10 ways They out here chasing money They got the shoes plus the bread plus the tool case Somebody try and take it from them They look at me and they like, what are those? Oh, now these my other clothes The force is still at home, I rock them later on Can I kick it? It's the sneak attack Can I kick it? It's the sneak attack Can I kick it? It's the sneak attack Got soul in your soul I love that watch, I got to cop me one of those Buses here, I gotta go What are those? I don't even know I'm on the need to know And they don't even need to know That these my brother clothes Hope they don't take it wrong But we don't live forever Life ain't long It's even shorter on that corner They be standing on Be taking chances on it They be planning on Cause Lord knows I'm probably still gonna yo, see them standing yo. up When I get home You saw my sauce You turn cartwheels to get a deal Not when you were real uh-huh. One from bacon by way of the field My soul is not for sale Don't need no more uh-huh. celebrity baby So all of us can eat You know I'm dope Gotta be We take no muscles on no shorts Cabin hard like a dwarf Playing them we know it's not no demo Skip a torch, strike a match, just blaze Many men have tried, but I was made this way Can I kick it? It's the sneak attack Can I kick it? It's the sneak attack Can I kick it? It's the sneak attack Got soul in your soul Can I kick it? It's the sneak attack Can I kick it? It's the sneak attack Can I kick it? It's the sneak attack Got soul in your soul
everybody uh, up here has expressed that they uh, know what it's like to live in a dangerous neighborhood. Uh, does does that environment affect your art at all? Do you find yourself expressing things that you absorbed from from uh, the dangers of the neighborhood? Yeah, like I use that like just me living and having people that was a part of my neighborhood, like being a, a product of the neighborhood or just the entertainment of the neighborhood, the things that came with it, like the thrills, the upsets, it can be the look, things like that. Mm -hmm. I feel like I use that and I can say that Yes, I'm a part of the neighborhood. Gotcha. Yeah, that's that's all me. Like they the neighborhood, I'm the neighborhood. First who own the store on the neighborhood, they we all the neighborhood. So I guess I just get the information from the neighborhood and uh -huh. internalize that and use it. I feel you. Yeah. Can you expound on what a product of your neighborhood looks like? Like if you had to uh, to create a person that grew up in your neighborhood, what what what's Statistically, uh, was was what what is this person most likely to be like? This person is most likely to be somebody who might try some things, dibble and dab, be here, be there. So like 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 when you look at like your friends and just just the people uh -huh. that you grew up with in that neighborhood, right. right? Um, if you had to say, okay, obviously all of them wouldn't be identical, right? But if you had to say, huh, everybody from this neighborhood, it's a chance that they gonna they gonna do this. Yeah, they gonna or try they, some they stuff. So when you say try some stuff, are you saying like, are you saying like, as in like, like try to try be this, or, try to or, be this, try to hang around people, try going there, try talking about talk, try talking like this, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um. I grew up pretty sheltered until I wasn't. Mm -hmm. And once like my parents just gave me my wings. Yeah, like most of our poetry is about my, what I've seen and what happened to people. Um, I'm usually that friend that people go to to vent about. And, and it's one of those things like, hey, like my friend, he just did this and I don't know how I'm feeling about it. You know, should I go with that type of crowd or would I go with or should I stay home? Those type of things. I'm just like, I never had to go through that. Um, God's blessing. Uh, but I think about it daily. Like my cousins, like, whoa, even though we got the same blood inside of us, you still had a different path. And even though we ended up at the same place now, you took a different path. You made a different turn. And I just find it interesting. And I like to look at those type of things and figure out what's going on in y'all mind that's different from mine. Do you have certain different, uh, y'all got different survival mindsets than I have? Mm -hmm. And yeah, like my neighborhood is okay. We have our moments, a lot of them, but some people who I grew up with, I, I don't even scratch the surface on it sometimes. I feel that. I think there's like a generous element, like a person can feel seen mm -hmm. by something that you create or said um, that I think is really, I mean, obviously all of us coming from these neighborhoods is like really significant because we all know people that like looked out for us and were helpful and like inspired us to achieve and be who we are. And so I feel like there's a responsibility that, okay, this person did that for me. Now I want to give back and like talk about that 
them or mention like a positive element of my community. And I also think it's a place to like mourn to like talk about something hard that happened and like I don't have the words to say it to somebody yet, so I'm just gonna make a piece about it. Or I don't like I haven't fully processed it, so I'll just like put a little, hey, you should care about this, or mm-hmm. this is something important to think about. Um, I think that it's just, I guess being an artist is basically just being generous, <laughs> just giving stuff to people. Most definitely, most definitely. I think all of that is, uh, I think all of that is art. Uh, did you answer the question? Um, no, honestly. I haven't really um, incorporated like outside influence into my art. I mainly just, you know, just create whatever like, you know, comes to mind that I find, you know, inspirational. Um, maybe in the future I will incorporate more like topics, you know, that like um, more like hard topics, things that are, you know, more of like awareness of the environment. But so far I haven't actually. And uh, I don't, I don't want y'all to feel pressured to uh, answer this to get to give some type of profound answer. You, you, you know, how, like some people are really keep to themselves. They mind their own business. They in their own world. They're not really thinking or wondering about the stuff that's going on outside of their bubble. So what I'm asking is, are y'all um, aware enough of your environment, of your neighborhood, to notice if COVID was having a difference in it? If you, if your neighborhood was different since COVID has came through. Like when you, when you, if you were to step outside of yourself, do you believe that you, that you pay enough attention to what's going on around you to be able to tell if COVID had a difference or an impact on your neighborhood? See, I feel like, cause how the way I move, it's kind of like, I just do routine things. So like, I got a job, I go to work and I come back home, eat, take showers, stuff like that, do what I do my interests and like being around the neighborhood is what you're saying it's like just going outside just just going outside um yeah yeah pretty much okay so if i was to just go outside i would feel like yeah i would notice like a lot of people stay in the house more mm-hmm. than often like i don't really see too many people outside like i probably smell somebody cooking or whatever or like everybody just driving. I see more people mobile. Yeah. So if you had to define, or if you had to describe your neighborhood before we had ever heard of COVID, right? And then you had to describe your neighborhood after COVID, would would the description be identical? Nah, I, I think it wouldn't be identical because I live South City and we got parks down where we live, so. I won't see as much people in the parks. Mm-hmm. Like before COVID, it was a lot of going on in the parks. Got you. Yeah, swarms of people. All right, so so yeah, so you think you feel like COVID COVID did have some bring yeah, some changes kinda to your neighborhood? People, uh, yeah, it kind of stopped some people going places. Got you. Yeah. Got you. Uh, what about you? Honestly, it's kind of hard for me to answer because. Um, before like COVID was, you know, really hitting, like I got pulled out of the neighborhood. Like we moved from like mm. the neighborhood that I was initially in and I got, you know, put into the suburbs. So got you. honestly, the most I would hear is maybe from like, you know, connections with other people that was mm-hmm. in the neighborhood, like through media or something. But 
I can't really say I can tell the difference anymore because, I mean, I got put into a different neighborhood and, right, in right. the middle of COVID. So, so yeah, your surrounding is different, but you yeah. don't know if it's because you're just in a new place or if it's because of what COVID did. Yeah, but, like, I do agree with what he said. Like, there's less people, you know, out, mm-hmm. you know. Um, you know, you don't see as much kids playing around in parks anymore, you know, and less, like, social gatherings. But as far as being able to tell about my neighborhood before COVID... Uh, I haven't been down there that often, so can't really say. Got you, got you. Yeah, I agree with that. It's not a, I don't know, because it, it made my neighborhood a lot more peaceful. More. That's like the best thing. Well, sadly, it's the best thing that happened. Um, before COVID, there's a lot of children outside, always a lot of police officers. You got breeder, dog breeders, so there's always dogs on the loose. And you can't even go outside without getting attacked by a dog. That happened like three times. I was late to basketball practice. Um, so it definitely made it peaceful because those people no longer live right next door to me or the kids. They don't come outside because their parents are worried. We have a lot of new neighbors. And I just simply think it's because of gentrification. We're not gonna talk about that. But uh, we have a lot of new neighbors. It's a lot peaceful. We do have like ambulance come, but that's because like an older person is hurt or something rather than someone got hurt or hit by a car. We had a lot of those. And that's one thing I'm grateful for. We don't hear a lot of screaming. We don't hear fireworks to December. Um, Y'all pop fireworks in December? uh, It's all year. Oh, hurt? Got you? All year. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah, I think it was kind of split. I mean, some people didn't care. And I think it's more, it's less of like, I don't believe this is real and more like, I'm already at risk. So like, what's the worst Mm. that COVID could do to me? Like, I already am going to get killed. So like, Mm -hmm. I could get it. Who cares? But I also think like it forced a lot of ministry people, including my dad, to kind of like ramp up and like step up because um. You know, a lot of people are looking at ministries for, like, support and opportunities. And I think it was difficult because the amount of events that could happen that, like, all of those ideas had to be mixed, but then people still had to work. <laughs> and, like, now you got to do virtual church, so that's, like, a whole debate. Luckily, we had a person that knew how to do all that, but it was still, like, extremely stressful and a lot of failures in that way. It kind of like forced creativity, honestly. Like mm-hmm. it forced people to have to think outside the box, and that definitely to be problem solvers. Yeah, and I think it it just limited like the opportunities to build relationships with the neighborhood. And it's only been like in recent months where we've been able to come back and like kind of start to begin rebuilding, like after being kind of stagnant with everything. Um, and I think. Um, also, like, a lot of the home ministries and, like, job ministries kind of had way more busy schedules. And now, like, again, how do we solve it? Like, we mm-hmm. can't be in people's homes, so how do we fix their house <laughs> and other yeah. stuff like that? I definitely agree with that because I'm past this kid, and once COVID hit, my dad's the pastor. And he's like, well, I can't, I can't leave this part of the house. And I'm like, I'm not doing it because... I don't want to get in, alive and talk to these people. And so we just shut down church for a couple of months and then we opened it back up. We had to get approved by state 
to do so. We had to print out a bunch of papers to make sure people, you sign it, you know you put yourself at risk. Um, it definitely created um, room for creativity. Uh, my dad, he, well, we all, as a family, my household, we go on Facebook Live every day, you know, telling people like, hey, we're giving out food on Saturdays. Hey, there's a Facebook class on Tuesday, Wednesday, blah, blah, blah. Um, have youth ministry, which I'm over, which has been doing well, you know, saves a couple of people. Some people were suicidal during this time because they're like, I haven't seen my friends. I haven't had no interaction. Mm-hmm. And so it just, it was definitely a time where a lot of churches stepped up and a lot of people didn't know it because they were behind the scenes um, of a lot of things. The people who were passing out the foods on the corner no, we had to get approved by state to do those things and help out the community or pass out clothes and stuff like that. Now, you said something earlier that was really uh, interesting to me uh, because I hadn't heard it before, but you said that uh, COVID actually made your neighborhood more peaceful, which I, which I, I think um, is what you would expect to happen being that, you know, a lot of people, you can't go outside, you can't interact with people. How are you going to hurt somebody and you can't, how are you going to have a problem with somebody you can't talk to? Um, does anybody else, uh, and I know you uh, moved to a completely different neighborhood, but does anybody else feel like uh, it made your neighborhood more peaceful or more violent? Do you do you see do you see a correlation at all between the uh, uptick in COVID cases and the uh, trend of violence where you're at? Nah, it was, like what I say, I can't, <laughs> it can't be fact, but I mean, people always social like social media always was an outlet for people to talk, so. Yeah. Definitely. Also for me, it, it just depends on where I was at. Like my neighborhood specifically, it's like in the cut. So we're surrounded by woods mainly. Mm-hmm. But if I go down the street or even two blocks, oh, I don't want to say the street name, but go <laughs> further down, it, it's a hot mess. And gotcha. it got worse. And I, um, um, towards the end of lockdown, when I was over at my cousin's house, I had to remove myself from it because it got so bad. And I was like, I was telling my sister, like, yo, we're not gonna go over there for a couple of months till all of this died down. And recently it's been a spike because so many people have died just in broad daylight. Mm-hmm. And and I'm just like, oh, I'm gonna go back home. I'm gonna stay where I'm used to. I'm not, I'm not gonna go down the street. And, you know, we had to change the spot where we get our groceries because that area went up and we don't have groceries in our area. So we had to go somewhere else. So I, I guess it all depends. Yeah, yeah, I think the uh, the areas you are yeah. in uh, definitely. I was gonna say that. So. Yeah, one hundred percent affects it, and I think there are so many factors. There's so many unknown variables with uh, COVID in general, not just the disease or the vaccine, but the but just just this whole situation. We, we're in uncharted territory, and so I know that in my neighborhood for sure, it's been uh, more violent recently. But the thing is, these are warmer months. You know what I'm saying? So, so, and 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 it, violence always goes up during the summertime, or in the warmer, uh, warmer months. So it's hard to say without uh, without contradiction or with 100% certainty that that's because of COVID. Now, outside of street violence and whatnot. Now, 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 the, now, now, make no mistake about it. According to the numbers, it's definitely went up. Um. But uh, I think what I'm hearing here is that uh, 
like you said, it depends on where you are. Or when the, and the, even though the numbers have went up on paper, there are still people that were, uh, for lack of a better phrase, uh, virtually untouched by the, uh, when I, I don't know, would, would y'all say that's a fair assessment? Yeah. yeah. If I were to ask my friends, they'd be like, oh, I'm cool. You know, mm-hmm. nothing has happened. I go to a different group of friends. Like, yo, can I spend a night at your house? They clowning. Like, I feel you. All yeah. Friends. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, I think I think um, when people talk about uh, when t- when people talk about uh, violence or whatnot, a lot of people assume we mean like street violence or mm-hmm. gang violence or whatnot. They don't really uh, think about the people that are in bad domestic situations. Yeah. And now because yeah. they can't leave the house, they forever in this situation. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Until we able to open things back up, and a lot of people don't um, a lot of people don't think about those people mm-hmm. I'm saying because you don't know what you don't know you know some yeah. things that happen behind closed doors you really yeah. you don't I feel like relationships do get a uh, like the reputation they think it's good to be in relationships and stuff like that and people don't really see what's going on inside people just mind their business because you think they're in a relationship it must be good mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah definitely Definitely, or even if you got like parents or whatnot, some people assume that oh, you got both parents in your house. Yeah, you're good. Oh, and it's not, and that's not whatever the case. That's not is. the case. Yeah, um, most um, most abuse unfortunately comes from family members, mm-hmm. and that's that, that's across the board. Different types of abuse, you know. what I'm saying it's 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 seldom from a stranger or whatnot. So um, yeah, it's definitely uh, I definitely uh, thought that was worth mentioning. But uh, those are all the questions we had, guys. So uh, I want to thank everybody for coming up. I want to thank everybody that's out there listening. If you have any, uh, if you have any interest in joining a podcast or want to know how you can be a part of our Story Stitches team and you're between the ages of 16 and 24, you can go to storystitches.org. And if you're out of that age, but you want to listen to more podcasts or whatever the case may be, you can find our podcast anywhere podcasts are streaming. And you can also go to storystitches.org to find more podcasts. If you want to know what we have coming up next, Uh, Anything that you want to know about Story Stitches is more than likely on our website. So we want to thank you one more time for listening. And I want to thank my guests for showing up. And we out, y'all. Peace. Thank you for listening. And last but not least, we want to give a very special shout out to the Stitchcast Studio sponsors. Stitchcast Studio Season 2 in 2021 is sponsored by the Spirit of St. Louis Women's Fund three-year grant from 2020 to 2022. Arts and Education Council, PNC Grant, and Lush Corporations, the Charity Pot. Peace in the Prairie is presented with support from Missouri Arts Council, a state agency which receives support from the state of Missouri and the National Endowment for Arts. Additional support is provided by the Spirit of St. Louis Women's Fund, Missouri Foundation for Health, City of St. Louis Youth at Risk Crime Prevention Grant of 2020, Stewart Family Foundation, and Kranzberg Arts Foundation. You already knew that that beat them story stitches, story stitches, story stitches, story stitches, story stitches.